Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we've been looking at an email that Eric received from a young man who attends a Christian high school, the same high school where Eric used to teach many years ago. And he was having a conversation with a young LDS lady at a conference that they both had attended. He was expressing some of his frustration to Eric because when he brought up questions about the LDS faith, it seemed like this young lady would just brush them off or didn't agree with what her church had to say on these particular topics. This is what we call cafeteria Mormonism, and it sounds like this young man was talking to a member of the church that fit that description. She was picking and choosing the things she liked about her church, but rejected the things that she did not like. Well, we're getting into the email now where this young man writes to Eric and he says, I also asked her, that would be the young lady he was talking to, if Joseph Smith was in the celestial kingdom, in celestial heaven, since this person believed that he had sinned when committing polygamy and that he also sinned later in his life when he strayed from God. I don't normally hear Latter-day Saints disparaging Joseph Smith or talking negative about him in any way, so if she was giving this kind of an impression, that would, to me, be something that's quite odd. I always find most Latter-day Saints put Joseph Smith on this huge pedestal, and talking disparagingly about him at all by questioning what he said or did is usually something that can quickly end many conversations. You're right, and we have to remember, though, that she's a teenager. She certainly has had some kind of instruction to reject Joseph Smith like that is unusual. Well, what about Joseph Smith? What have Latter-day Saint leaders taught about Joseph Smith, showing that this young lady's view of Joseph Smith is less than what we would call the standard? Well, I mean, let's just start with the standard works, Doctrine and Covenants, section 135, verse 3. It says, Joseph Smith, the prophet and seer of the Lord, has done more, save Jesus only, for the salvation of men in this world than any other man that ever lived in it. And just the idea, Bill, that he's done more than anyone else, and yet this young lady is thinking that maybe he's going to have to do additional work to get to the celestial kingdom. This is what Brigham Young, second president of the church, said on October 9th, 1859, and this can be found in Journal of Discourses, volume 7, page 289, and it was later quoted in a church manual called Search These Commandments, page 133. This is what it says. From the day that the priesthood was taken from the earth to the winding up scene of all things, every man and woman must have the certificate of Joseph Smith Jr. as a passport to their entrance into the mansion where God and Christ are. I with you and you with me. I cannot go there without his consent. He holds the keys of that kingdom for the last dispensation, the keys to rule in the spirit world, and he rules there triumphantly, for he gained full power and a glorious victory over the power of Satan while he was yet in the flesh, 
and was a martyr to his religion and to the name of Christ, which gives him a most perfect victory in the spirit world. He reigns there as supreme, a being in his sphere, capacity, and calling as God does in heaven. Many will exclaim, oh, that is very disagreeable. It is preposterous. We cannot bear the thought. But Brigham Young says it is true. So Brigham Young obviously has this high view of Joseph Smith to the point where he is going to have some say as to where mankind is going to end up in their various kingdoms in the next life. He has some say in that. Now, of course, the New Testament doesn't support that at all. We would look at such a notion as being highly blasphemous. But this young lady seems to think that Joseph Smith's practicing of plural marriage was a sin. And if it was in fact a sin, we find nowhere that Joseph Smith ever repents of this. Now, certainly he grovels to Emma every once in a while when she catches him and lies about the plural wives that he had married secretly. But I don't see anywhere in Joseph Smith's lifetime where he said, yes, polygamy was wrong and I repent of this sin. This young lady seems to think it was a sin, but yet I don't think Joseph Smith thought so. And if he didn't think so, why would he repent of it? But that statement that you gave by Brigham Young seems to show that Joseph Smith, if he had any sins, got them all taken care of properly because look at what God has for him in the next life. Brigham Young says in in a church manual, Teachings of the Presence of the Church, Brigham Young, this was from 1997 on page 345, I honor and revere the name of Joseph Smith. I delight to hear it. I love it. I love his doctrine. Obviously, he was a huge fan of Joseph Smith. I have to ask the question, if polygamy is a bad thing, as it apparently she feels that Joseph Smith sinned when he committed polygamy, what are you going to do with Brigham Young? What are you going to do with John Taylor, the third president of the church? What are you going to do with all the apostles who were involved with that? This church does not have a very good beginning, according to this young lady. Well, what are you going to do with Russell M. Nelson, who's sealed to two women, even though he's not living with both of them while they were both alive? When his first wife passed away, he remarried and was sealed to another woman and has every hope of being with both wives in the the next life. It's not like polygamy has gone away with Joseph Smith or even Brigham Young. It certainly continues on in LDS theology, though it's not practiced quite the same way. Celestial polygamy is still very much a part of Mormon theology. They've never denounced it. I mean, for her to say that uh, Joseph Smith is not in the celestial kingdom, or at least probably not, and that maybe someday he'll get in. That's not what Joseph F. Smith would have thought, sixth president of the church. He says this in the Ensign Magazine, Joseph Smith, Restorer of Truth, December of 2003, page 17. This is what it says. The day will come, and it is not far distant either, when the name of the prophet Joseph Smith will be coupled with the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God, as his representative, as his agent whom he chose, ordained and set apart to lay anew the foundations of the Church of God in the world, which is indeed the Church of Jesus Christ, possessing all the powers of the gospel, all the rights and privileges, the authority of the holy priesthood, and every principle necessary to fit and qualify both the living and the dead, to inherit eternal life and to attain to exaltation in the kingdom of God. The way it's related to us in this email, this young man is having this conversation, and apparently because of what she thinks about 
plural marriage and some of the other things that Joseph Smith did during his lifetime, that that would mean that God would, as he says, may give Joseph Smith a second chance. It doesn't sound like he needs a second chance based on these glowing statements that we've read today. It seems like it's a sure deal that Joseph Smith finished gloriously and that what he did during his lifetime was not something that God was going to hold against him and force him into a lower level of kingdom, that's for sure. I want to say something about Joseph F. Smith's quote, where he said, the day will come, and it is not far distant either, when the name of the prophet Joseph Smith will be coupled with the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Bill, I find that today's Mormon church is not so much emphasizing Joseph Smith as they are now emphasizing Jesus. It's almost opposite of what he's saying. Joseph Smith certainly plays a huge role today in the church, but Jesus has become even more so, and especially under the teachings of uh, Russell M. Nelson in the past five years, we have seen a number of, uh, of teachings from General Conference which seems to emphasize more Jesus than anything about Joseph Smith. The sad part is, is, of course, the Jesus they're talking about is not the Jesus of the New Testament. And we've had former Mormons tell us as much. After reading the New Testament and seeing what the Gospels actually teach about Jesus, they realized, hey, that's not the Jesus of my church that I belong to. And they saw that they had to make a course correction there. I want to go back to this idea of the second chance thing, though, because this is something that we do here Latter-day Saints say, usually regarding themselves, not so much Joseph Smith. But Bruce McConkie had something very serious to say about that, and this can be found in his book, The Millennial Messiah, The Second Coming of the Son of Man, on page 60. Now, Bruce McConkie was a Mormon apostle. He spoke on theology probably more than all other LDS leaders during his lifetime. He wrote a number of books on LDS theology, including a book called Mormon Doctrine. But this is what he said on page 60 of the book, The Millennial Messiah. Do we not still have teachers who say that God is progressing in knowledge and learning new truths, that there will be a second chance for salvation for those who reject the gospel here but accept it in the spirit world, that there will be progression from one kingdom of glory to another in the world to come? And are there not those among us who refuse to follow the brethren on moral issues, lest their agency and political rights be infringed, as they suppose. Truly, there are heresies among us. That's a Mormon apostle saying that. And yet some of the things that he mentions in this short paragraph are things that we are hearing among modern Latter-day Saints today. And as you were discussing earlier in the week, that you talked to a man who said, well, he's dead, I don't have to listen to him anymore. But really, do all those social mores that the church taught about back then, are they all just wiped away today? Because there are a lot of LDS leaders that are still insisting that those things are a constant and that they cannot change on those things. Well, I would venture to say that probably this young lady, as sincere as she is, and I'm not taking away from her sincerity, would argue that they need to change. We see that with other prominent spokespersons, such as Jana Reese. Now, I know she doesn't hold an official position in the church, but she really thinks that the church needs to go in the direction of the culture. And there are a lot of LDS leaders that are kicking and screaming, making sure you don't go in that direction, because in their view, that is the wrong direction. 
Let me give you two more quotes, Bill. 10th President Joseph Fielding Smith said in Doctrines of Salvation, Volume 1, page 188, Mormonism, as it is called, must stand or fall on the story of Joseph Smith. He was either a prophet of God, divinely called, properly appointed, and commissioned, or he was one of the biggest frauds this world has ever seen. There is no middle ground. And one other from 11th President Harold B. Lee. A testimony of Joseph Smith is vital. No man can accept Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. No man can accept this as his church, the Church of Jesus Christ, unless he can accept Joseph Smith as God's mouthpiece and the restorer of his work in these latter days. First, to say that we are Christians then requires two or three certainties. We must know for certainty in our hearts and minds that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world. We must know that this is indeed the Church of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God on earth in these last days. And finally, we must have a testimony that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. And that's found in Teachings of Harold B. Lee, page 371. Bill, I don't see in those quotes anywhere the possibility that Joseph Smith had sinned through his polygamy or later in his life, as this young woman apparently believes Joseph Smith did. And it's interesting how she comes to the conclusion that somehow, because she feels that he did live a less than stellar life, that somehow he's going to get the opportunity of a second chance. I mean, it's not that you can't go through life saying that Mormonism is not true and then changing your mind when you're visited by spirit missionaries in the next life, because that is what LDS theology teaches. Of course, you can change your mind there, but you will not, you will not go into the celestial kingdom. You forfeited that because you heard about Joseph Smith's restored gospel, and you rejected it during this mortality. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.